0: We're talking about one of my favorite stinking topics today, systems, specifically how you can use ClickUp in your service-based business. So let's jump on in. Hey, 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 Surf Scale Store family. Oh my goodness. I am so excited to have Courtney on our podcast today because we're talking all things ClickUp. And Courtney is someone that I actually connected with because I was like... I may need an OBM. And then we got to talking and she was like, no, you don't need an OBM. You already have everything that I would come in and do. And we have just kept in touch since then. I have purchased her ClickUp course, her systems course. It's more than just ClickUp. But, and she's amazing. I love following her for tips. And she is someone after my own heart with all her systems love. So I was like, Courtney, you have to be on the podcast. And she agreed. So Courtney, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Please tell my audience who you are as a person first and then about your business.
1: Yeah, sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be uh, chatting with you today. Um, So I am currently living in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. So for anybody that doesn't know, I'm in the panhandle right between Destin and Panama City Beach. So if you ever come down for spring break, you've probably been down in this area. Um, I'm originally from a really small town in Missouri, um, but I've been living down here for about four years now. And I just recently got married, actually. So about a week and a half ago, almost two weeks, I got married and we're expecting our first baby here in September. So all kinds of fun stuff going on in the personal life right now. Um, but I have been full time um, in this business for almost four years. So in December, it'll be a four years full time. I'm working for myself. So yeah, I love it. So
0: what exactly do you do with your agency? And then also you have two sides and I'm a big fan of multiple streams of revenue. So mm-hmm. tell us like what streams of revenue do you have coming in and what does that look like?
1: Sure. Yeah. So when I got started, I actually started out as an OBM, which you, you know, because we obviously talked um, about company coming on and working together. Um, so when I got started, I started as an OBM and I loved it. But What I quickly found was it wasn't as scalable as I would have liked it to have been. And it completely relied on me being available. My income did. Um, And so once I started being an OBM and really diving into the back end of people's businesses, I really started to find a love for systems. Um, And I just kind of like to say it's, you know, systems are my love language. It's, It's my favorite piece to the puzzle that I like to focus on. And so... In the past probably year and a half, we've really transitioned to focusing solely on systems. Um, and what that looks like from a revenue perspective is we kind of have like a done-for-you agency side, and then we have the course or product side. So on the agency side, we solely focus on um, ClickUp setups or a full system setup where we just include a couple of other platforms like a CRM tool, a communication hub, um, things like that. So we come in, we do an audit of your systems, we basically restructure and rebuild them, um, and then we create trainings and tutorials, to teach you guys how to use them after that. And then on the passive product side, we have our course, which is called the Elevated System, which is actually in the process of getting this really fun facelift right now. Um, where we focus and teach on all systems, like whether it's um, Slack, ClickUp, Acuity. Um, we have different types of actual um, workflow and process systems that we teach on, like lead gen systems. Um, and so we focus on that side of the product. And then uh, we also have our ClickUp template shop. And so we basically created these really easy plug-in and play templates that we sell in the shop on our website that you can basically swipe our ClickUp setup. So that's kind of what um, the layout of our revenue streams looks like right now, but that's actually going to be expanding a little bit in the next couple of months too. I love that.
0: And I'm guessing you have affiliate revenue that comes in because you're doing software and software is one of my favorite things to promote because no one gets mad at software if they don't, you know, like (laughs) I think in 2020, we saw that like being affiliated with people is not always the best thing, but like everyone gets upset with software. So definitely one of my favorite things to promote. So I'm guessing you have a pretty good income stream of affiliate income.
1: Yeah, so we absolutely do with uh we have all of the software that we recommend in the course we're affiliates with um ClickUp obviously being the big one just because that is Typically, what, what we recommend is like the foundational um, platform for your business. And I worked, I've worked pretty closely with ClickUp. i spoke at their conference, their virtual summit that they had in December. So we do have some affiliate revenue coming from there. And then we do um, sometimes have, we have an affiliate program for our students. Um, so if they ever want to choose to promote the course themselves, they're able to do that and earn some affiliate commission from that as well.
0: I love it. Okay. So four income streams, which I'm a big fan of, we have seven. So I love that so much. And I love that you still have your agency. You have a course, the shop, and then the affiliate revenue. So let's talk about with your agency. First off, I want to know what CRM do you recommend?
1: So this has actually changed since we originally got started. So originally we were recommending Dubsado. However, you know I was like a big, big user of Dubsado when it first came out, Um, and it's not to say that it's not a good platform and it's not still something that we would recommend. It's just not our favorite at this point. Um, It just feels a little clunky and not as user friendly. Um, So we actually recommend Honeybook for CRMs for service-based businesses. The user interface is just so much cleaner and it's much easier to navigate. And so HoneyBook is a big one that we recommend to our, to our students, unless you're at a point where you're kind of bootstrapping and you need a free option. And Co is a good option for CRMs if you need a free option. Um, but if you're, if you're willing to, you know, pay, I think it's about $40 a month at this point for a HoneyBook, that's what we would generally recommend. Okay. So did
0: you know that we stopped promoting Dubsado and started promoting HoneyBook?
1: No, I didn't. Okay. I made
0: this transition last October where we Mm -hmm. were like, I have delighted with Dubsado, which is like this $37 thing. We were all in on Dubsado. And last October, we made the transition to HoneyBook for the same Mm -hmm. reasons. Our students were so overwhelmed by Dubsado. There were some other things that I just had issues with. And now we promote HoneyBook. We have HoneyBook in a hurry. And Mm -hmm. people are like blown away. And it's actually cheaper than $40 per month. You can get started with our discount code for only $4 Mm -hmm. per month. Or after that, I think it goes up to like $19 per month for your first year. And so we'll link up all that in the show notes. But yes, that's so crazy. I had no idea you were promoting HoneyBook now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and just like what you mentioned, people, it was just really hard to to teach on Sato because there were, there, there were features in there that we did and didn't recommend. Like they'd recently released their, their version of a booking calendar, which was so clunky and just didn't work right. And so it wasn't really piecing together and like working very fluidly. And so HoneyBook is just something that we really recommend to our students and they have amazing, um, you know, support with their, with their platform. They have a ton of, um, supporting documents as far as like, if you, if you get lost, there's so many, um, different um, oh gosh, what articles and things like that, that they have available. Their resource center is just amazing. And in the company too. So we really, really love HoneyBook. Yeah. And I think the other thing is I was
0: just telling my students inside serve sales stores, we released our new website and I just got done working with three service providers who all use HoneyBook, And I was telling them from a consumer standpoint, like the customer, the client, having honeybook like one place i log in and i can see everyone i'm working with yeah. was incredible and like mm-hmm. knowing that if i couldn't find an email i just go into honeybook and like it's there and i'm not looking for all these dubsado portal links and stuff i was like this is amazing from a customer standpoint yeah and i think sometimes people get hung up in like oh but dubsado we can do these like super custom proposals Mm -hmm. You can do beautiful proposals, they call them brochures and HoneyBook and they have some cool things coming down the line. But like, who cares if you have this beautiful proposal, if no one can find the links to their portal and it creates a really bad experience from that standpoint. And I was blown away as a client experiencing HoneyBook and I was like, I'm even more sold on it now.
1: Yeah. And that's a big thing too. And when we talk about different systems and platforms that we recommend to service-based businesses is always looking at it from a client journey perspective, right? And that's a big reason why we recommend ClickUp um, and using ClickUp dashboards as kind of like a communication hub for for your clients because of that client experience that it's offering. You don't have, oh, here's your Dubsado link portal. And here's the link to this and all these links. And you're confusing them from the get-go. And that doesn't give a very good you know uh, first impression for a client coming in because it's already confusing and overwhelming. Um, so I completely agree with you. The HoneyBook, the customer experience from that perspective too is way, way, way better than Dubsado.
0: Okay. So I love this and I love the direction this is going. I want to talk about dashboards, but before we talk yep. about dashboards, cause this is an area that I like just haven't utilized in ClickUp enough. Mm -hmm. And so before we talk about that, I really want everyone because I'm coming in here and we're like nerding out over systems, but not everyone nerds out over systems. Right. (laughs) So let's take a step back and talk about exactly what is ClickUp and how do you see it servicing online service providers?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So ClickUp is a project management system. So if you've heard of other platforms like Asana, Trello, Monday.co, Teamwork, Basecamp, those are all versions of project management systems. Um, ClickUp is by far at this point what we recommend to our clients. And there's a couple of reasons why. But the biggest being its ability to um, be customized to your business. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that sets it apart from other PM tools is it really does. Um, it's it's You can manipulate it for your needs a lot easier. Um, and so that's one big thing. It is really feature heavy. And I think that's where some people get a little overwhelmed is ClickUp has a lot of features. It is a very robust tool. But what I like to remind people is that just because we have features available or platforms, right, that, that doesn't mean that we need to use them all. We need to focus on what's going to work best for our business. We don't want to have all the bells and whistles just because they're available because that can sometimes lead to overwhelm. So ClickUp is definitely um, the project management tool that we recommend um, uh, in comparison to that, and to, to others.
0: I love this. And because I love how you said, like, you don't have to use all the features. It's the same thing with Auto, HoneyBook, whatever you're using, just because it has it doesn't mean you have to use it. Like yeah. we're, we're pretty deep into ClickUp. I teach ClickUp and service yep. for um, conversions for clients. Like it's really integral to our business, but I don't use dashboards. This is like mm-hmm. one of the features that I'm excited to dive into that we don't use. And so just because you have the ability to, doesn't mean you have to. And I love that you just stated that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's go back and talk about dashboards. Okay. So, How are you using dashboards? What are you doing with them? What are you putting on them? How can service providers use these?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think this is kind of a good point to kind of differentiate where a feature is good and where it's maybe not something necessary to use in your business. So for dashboards, I'd say they're best utilized for service-based businesses as a communication hub for clients. Um, So whether you are a solopreneur that has a service-based business or an agency, that's the biggest... Um, kind of little niche that we've seen that best utilize dashboards. So what we basically use them for is a one point of contact for your client for everything. So we set dashboards up as um, part of the onboarding process. So, hey, whenever you onboard a new client, this is your dashboard. And it has all of the resources that they would need to work with you for the entire scope of your project. So from start to finish, they should have everything they need in there. So adding features like a chat, um, the chat bot tool, um, that that way you're pulling your client out of email, you're pulling them out of Voxer or Facebook message if you're contacting your clients that way. Um, Communication consolidation is going to be something that you really want to focus on and dashboards um, allows you to be able to do that. And plus, it also... um, allows transparency for you and your team to see what's going on because I'm, I'm a big proponent of having a transparent business with my team because if they don't know what's going on in the back end of my business, it makes it a lot harder for them to proactively support me. Um, and it kind of creates a bottleneck if I'm the only one that knows what's going on. So having some type of chat bot in there, but we also have things like your general housekeeping, like I would include your office hours Um, when they can expect turnaround time for responses. um, You can embed buttons that literally link anywhere. So for example, if you have um, a shared Google Drive folder or some other resource outside of ClickUp that they would need access to, I would place buttons in your dashboard so that they can easily just link out to them when they need to. Um, One really fun thing that we like to incorporate that um, I think helps with that customer experience too is a fun welcome video, um, is recording a welcome video. Um, And just making sure that um, you're creating a fun environment and kind of explaining like, hey, here's your ClickUp dashboard. Here's how to use it. Here's what you can expect out of working with us. And just general housekeeping things in that video that I think that can kind of help set the bar a little higher as well. Um, On the other flip side, if you're more of a course provider or product based business, we typically use dashboards for things like metrics tracking, right? You can embed Google Analytics. So you can see your Google Analytics in a dashboard. We use a third-party app. It's called um, Databox. Um, so we use Databox uh, as a way to embed our Google Analytics into a dashboard. Um, if you are using time tracking in ClickUp, you can also have build, your, build out your time reports and your dashboard. So if you're on more of the passive product side, we use dashboards for more internal management type things versus anything client facing because what our students were typically, they'll you know, be in their portal in Kajabi or Mighty Networks wherever you're at. Um, but I'd say dashboards is definitely um, better utilized from the service-based business side.
0: I love this. Okay. So one, I was like taking notes so fast because one, I didn't know we could put our Google analytics and this data yeah. box in there. So that mm-hmm. excites me. But from a service provider, um, I love that on this dashboard, we have a chat box. So we're getting rid of Slack, Voxer, Facebook message, consolidating that communication, yeah. office hours, links to other places. Welcome video. I love all this. Can you do this on the free plan or do you need the paid plan?
1: Um, So you're able to do it on the free plan, but I believe you're limited to a certain number of dashboards. So whenever we set up ClickUp for a client, we typically recommend the business plan. And the reason being is if you're using other uh, platforms like Typeforms or other like form type um, platforms, If you're on the business plan, you have forms, which is available in ClickUp. So for example, when we're talking about CRMs, the only form for our CRM that we currently use is the lead intake form. All of our internal forms that we would need for onboarding clients or anything like that are all actually in ClickUp, which is the reason why we really recommend that business plan. Um, but so it is available. It just, you're limited to the number of people that you can invite into dashboards and things like that. And if you run an agency, you're going to hit a ceiling pretty quickly.
0: Okay. And so the business plan isn't the $5 a month one, is it? Or
1: no. So we have, it's the free plan then there's unlimited, which is the $5 plan. The business plan is the next year and then it's enterprise. Um, the other reason for a business plan that we recommend is, The ability to set default views um, in your ClickUp setup, which if you have a team is really beneficial because obviously if you've been in ClickUp, you know you have a lot of different view options for your projects. And so there may be some projects that are intended to be viewed in list view or board view or doc. Um, And so you're able to toggle that on as the default setting. So whenever somebody clicks in, it automatically defaults to to that view versus you having to click through them. And it just makes it easier on your team. And I just looked it up. The business plan's nine
0: dollars per month per user. So, like if you're the only one in there, it's only nine dollars, y'all. Like it's yeah. so cheap, so yeah. cheap. And they're always running, like they just had a 30% off sale. I know we're on the business plan and we use forms. Um, and another person who uses forms that's a one-on-one service provider is Steph our podcast manager and how she sets it up for all her clients is incredible. She uses forms for everything. It's really great system. We use forms for our high ticket program. For people to submit questions and things like that. So big fan of that. And
1: $9 a month is so cheap. Like if, yeah, it, it's, it's in what's one of the reasons too, that we kind of talked to about if you're in Asana, um, it really is a more cost-effective decision to transition to click up because not only are you getting more features, it's cheaper than what you're going to pay per user with a sauna. So that in my mind is, it's a no brainer. <laughs> it yeah, really doesn't really- make sense to stay. It's so cheap.
0: We pay for the year and we have several people on ours, but also you're not paying. So let's also, I want to clarify the price because I know this is going to be a barrier when you're adding guests to these, um, dashboards, are you adding them as a guest? Or are you just sending them the link for a like frontward facing type thing?
1: So we typically add them as guests and and it'll kind of depend on what you include in your dashboard. So for example, if you're a service-based business and you have a task list embedded in your dashboard that you want your client to have access to, to be able to see, in order for them to be able to edit that task list or be able to, for example, check things off or click into a task, they need to be in there as a guest versus a public share link. So we invite them in as guests. The great thing about guests is they are free and then just depending on the plan that is you are limited to how many guests you have right which is again another reason um, we recommend the business plan is just because you are able to add um, I think you're on unlimited guests at that point or it's like a certain number per user Um, I would have to double check because I actually think they just changed this rule Um, but that's what we recommend and Um, And when you're setting up your systems, the biggest thing I like to to talk about is we don't want to just look at how our systems are going to support our business now. We want to look further down the road, right? We want our businesses to support scaling because typically what we see as an issue is clients come to us because their businesses scaled really quickly and grew really fast and the systems didn't support that growth. So then they're stuck in this kind of like hamster wheel of, I'm too busy. You know, I don't have time to go back and restructure my systems because I'm, I am I so bogged down with client work or students or whatever it is. Um, and so we always want to make sure that we're trying to um, forward think in terms of our decisions when we are choosing our systems or what things we're building out to make sure we they can grow with us.
0: I love that. The second part of our framework in Serve Scale Source, so Scale with Simplicity, is um, systems for scalability. Yeah. And that's because right now before your business grows is the best time to get systems in place. Yeah. Because you have the time, the energy. And I always say we want a future proof, systems, future-proof your business. And I would imagine that like you have people that come and they're on Trello and it's like, Mm -hmm. this isn't really appropriate for your, where your business
1: is now. People come in on, yeah, we have people coming in using Google Sheets as project management tools, you know, and if it's working for you now, great, but it's definitely not going to be a long-term solution, right? So we'll, we'll have people running these six, seven figure businesses managing tasks and their entire team out of Slack and a a Google sheet. And, um, you know, it's it's just not a scalable or sustainable um, way to be running your business to for it to succeed down the line.
0: And I think that's the big key is sustainable. Because we see things that work for people all the time. Like I've been in so many people's businesses and things like work for they're working, but it doesn't mean they're sustainable. Or it doesn't mean like, Holy cow, you could probably get rid of three people on your team or like scale back their hours if you just had the systems. Too many people are like in there doing too many things that don't even need to be manually done. And I think especially Mm -hmm. for my audience who they're trying to scale without a team or an extremely small team, getting systems replaces people. And I'm all for like, we want to hire people, but we also want to make sure that we're running a business that can support the lifestyle that we want, the impact we want. And sometimes more people isn't the answer when we can have a system that does it for
1: us. Absolutely. And that's kind of like, you know, when we had, when we talked and we had our call, however long ago, what I started to discover as an OBM, the very first thing that I would do is I would go in and audit a client's systems and we'd restructure and rebuild. And what ended up happening is I'd shoot myself in the foot because after we'd implemented these, you know, better systems, there was less need for me on a day to day you know, management side, because everything was so much more easily seen and accessible in terms of a project status, like what's going on with team, what's going on with projects, where are we at with these things? Um, And so that's, I I totally agree. You know, if there's not a need for an additional hire, or if there's a way that we can keep things more lean, um, systems are going to support your business to be able to do that better.
0: Love it. Okay. So if we're looking in ClickUp, And someone's just signing up. They're like, okay, I'm going to do the dang thing. Brandy's been telling me for two years now, but I'm going to (laughs) jump in. I'm going to do it. What, what's your suggestion for someone just getting started? What do they need to get started?
1: Yeah. So what I typically recommend just because, you know, for example, I was last week doing an office hours uh, teaching on some systems and I screen shared my ClickUp and I think I accidentally overwhelms people because it is. I mean, mine is obviously like very built out at this point because that's where (laughs) I mean, I've been working within it for two and a half, three years now, Um, but the, the thing is is to focus on simplicity when you first get it. And I, the, the two big things that I would focus on is identifying the departments in your business, right? Like what are those big overarching areas? For example, operations or marketing, or maybe it's a course or a program or a service. Like what are those big overarching departments in your business? And that's what I would utilize as um, what are called your spaces in ClickUp. That's where I would start to plug those in. And then you filter in things in underneath of that. Um, the second thing is I would focus on recurring tasks. What are you currently doing in your business every single day, every week, month, quarter, year, etc.? So I would write a list um, kind of grouped underneath each of those departments. So for operations, what are you doing on a daily basis? It can be as simple and as tedious says I check Slack every day, or I check my emails. And the biggest reason that we want to be documenting things like that is from a delegation perspective. That might not be something you're currently delegating, but if you have everything stored up in your head, it's going to be really, really hard when you get to the point that you need to hire and delegate to be able to get those things written out. So I would go ahead and do that now. Um, And then you also want to make sure that when you're reviewing that task list that you're looking at, okay, what things do... I know that I want to keep on my plate. What do I want to delegate eventually? And what do I want to stop doing in my business? I think that's a big one. Um, Because I think in this space, we are so connected all the time and seeing how other people are running their business that we're constantly... It's almost like we're running a race, right? And we're always looking at the person to the right of us instead of focusing on our own lane. Like, oh, this person has a podcast and this person does this and they have a blog and all these things. And that's great. And that might be working for that person. But you need to focus on actually what's working for your business. Um, And a good example of that is, let's say, you're focusing on engagement. You're trying to pull in leads. If you're spending, let's say, 4 hours engaging in Facebook every day, and you're pulling 2 leads, and you spend an hour in Instagram, and you're pulling 10 leads, that's a good example of using data to make decisions in your business. Like, okay, clearly, I'm not getting the return on my investment or my time in Facebook, like I am in Instagram. And so using that as kind of different ways to evaluate or audit the tasks you're currently doing and what you should eliminate is where I would kind of start with that too.
0: I love that. And we'll link up to, um, active versus passive marketing because we have, we go way deep into that. And I love this whole getting it out of your brain. One thing that when I was going through your program, I messaged Janessa and I was like, Janessa, I need to know what you do. Like Janessa does (laughs) so much and she's been with me now for two years where I like, don't think about it. And I was like, holy cow, heaven forbid, Janessa left. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even know what she does. I know she yeah. does a lot. But when I was looking over her reoccurring task and stuff, I was like, oh, you do a lot more than I thought you did. Like, I know you do yeah. a lot, but like, there's a lot in here that I wouldn't even thought that you did. So I, especially if you have a team or anything mm-hmm. like that, I think then it's like, you need to have a pulse on what people are doing because that would have put me in a really big predicament if she were to leave or anything, and I didn't realize what she was doing. The same thing with Steph in the podcast. Like yeah, another thing, like if, you know, something happens, I don't know the pulse of how things run. That doesn't serve me as a business owner. So I think it's also taking responsibility for your business. And we were talking before Courtney's pregnant. And so I was Mm -hmm. asking her what she's doing about maternity leave. And there's things that happen in your life? Like whether it's a baby, you're going on a vacation, maybe you get, heaven forbid, you get sick. Like something happens where like you need to hand this stuff over to someone else. Do you have this documented where you could even do that? Is there someone that you could hire for maybe a month to get you through a time? But if you don't have this documented and you're in a crisis, what the heck's going to happen? We've even started working on like a crisis plan, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's called a crisis plan, but that's what I call it. Uh, if something were to happen to me, like, okay, guys, like, here's the plan. Like, Austin, this is what you would need to step in. And Janessa would have, like, show you how to run. But do we have things like that in
1: place? Absolutely, and and that is something that we kind of, we take those recurring tasks and we actually build them into a training program that my team members man, right? So for example, I have an operations manager on my team, Carrie. We have an operations manager training program based on her recurring tasks. So let's say, for example, one of her tasks every day was to go in and do a new members post on Facebook, for example. Um, Obviously, what I would have her do then is record a loom of her doing that. that's something really easy. It doesn't take extra time. She'll just do it the next time that she does that task, record herself doing a walkthrough video, and then what we do is we build out that training program and kind of like a board view and click up and we have her build that out and include her recurring tasks in there. So if, and when heaven forbid something were to happen and I would lose a team member, we've already got a training program in place that they built based on what they're currently doing so that somebody can easily just slide into that and go, go ahead and go through the trainings. And it's, it's a much easier transition Where we're not scrambling like, oh my gosh, we don't have any trainings. I don't even know what this person was doing. Um, I like to put that responsibility on my team members because they're the ones doing it every day, right? They know best of what they're doing and they're going to be able to more easily train people on it because they're the ones doing it on a consistent basis. Um, Now, that's not to say that I don't go in and review things and things like that, obviously, but I do try to lean on my team in situations like that um, so that we are all prepared because the success of the business is not just on my shoulders, right? It's we're a team and we want, everyone wants the business to succeed. And that takes, you know, everyone participating and making sure that the business is secure from that aspect as well.
0: I love that so much. And I want everyone to know if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't have a team, it doesn't mean you can't start building out these SOPs, um, the loom videos, the trainings now, Mm -hmm. because we want to future proof our business. And so just because right now you don't want a team doesn't mean in a year you won't. And then you don't want to have to go back and do all this when you're also trying to hire your business has grown. That is not the time to do it. The time to do it is now. So I love this Courtney between the, just keep it simple with mm-hmm. identify your departments. I know we have HQ marketing and sales, um, operations and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So that's our departments and everything runs through those four departments and HQ is not really a department. It's just where all the like main stuff is held. Yeah. But we have resources three main departments. And that's how our Google drive set up. That's how like everything's set up. So it's streamlined throughout and so starting simple with those and then reoccurring tasks and then if you want to dive into the dashboards for your clients I think that's so cool and we you can go back and listen to the elements add them as a guest if you want them to check off tasks and stuff and that way they're not in the nitty-gritty of actually ClickUp. they don't have yeah. to know how to use click up give them a dashboard. So I think that's really, really powerful. And is there anything else about systems you would love just to share with my audience before we wrap this up?
1: I think the biggest thing is really just, you know, your business is going to constantly change. So I think the biggest thing is, and what I kind of struggled with was just allowing that change to kind of happen and making sure that Whatever systems you have in place, you're willing, you're not, we're not just going to sit on them, right? Like we're not going to build out a system and say, okay, it's done. Systems is something that's ever evolving in your business, right? It's got to continue to grow with your business, with the changes that you may be experiencing. Um, And so I always like to encourage my clients um, to or my students do, whether it's quarterly or every six months, kind of just do a systems audit, like kind of review what you currently have and just ask yourself, are we still using this? Is this something that's still serving my business? Um, And if it's not, then, you know, there's no need to be continuing to use it. I kind of think of it as, um, you know, those Cosmo magazine quizzes that there were, you know, the yes, no, and you'd kind of go down a trail. Um, You should have, I I was never a person to really, like I didn't believe in having stuff. I didn't believe I'm just... I'm not a big fluff person. I'm very type A and I'm like, I want, okay, what's my list of checklist things. And having a vision for your business seemed fluffy for me when I first got started. However, what I started to notice is when I didn't have a vision for my business that I was making random decisions that I didn't really know where they were leading me because I didn't know where I wanted to go. And so what I like to say is like, if you have a vision for your business, kind of think of that Cosmo quiz and say, Hey, does this get me? Does this opportunity or decision, get me a step closer to my vision, or is it heading in a different direction that doesn't get there? And I kind of use that as like a way to gauge my decision-making and what I do internally in my business to support myself. Like, is this something we need to continue to utilize or not?
0: I love how you put dates in your program. One of my biggest takeaways is just putting a date for review on the SOPs. Like, and I always say, if it doesn't have a date, it doesn't get done, which is so true about our SOPs. They didn't have dates on them. So they were never reviewed or optimized. And I think it's one of those things with this, like, can you set a date six months from now to revisit X, Y, and Z? For me, since I do the income reports, I'm literally going through our finances every month to see like, oh, are we actually using that program or not? Yeah. And so we were able to cut three programs that I'm just not using. So why are we paying for them? And so just making time and putting a date on these things, I think is so smart and having a vision. And we talk about this a lot in the income reports, the visions don't, you always don't know them right off the bat when you're starting your business. And if you don't have a vision yet, We run every decision through values. So you can create values for your business before you ever have a vision and then run those decisions through your values. Does this align integrity, family, community wins? And so picking those values and running them through it is also like always running through that higher level stuff. And I also thought this was fluff, but it's not. (laughs) It's stuff that we have to have. And once you have this, you'll see your business grow. Yeah. Okay. Courtney. So I would love for us to do some rapid fire. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> so what is your favorite part of your business? Uh, my team. I love that.
1: And what I is the best piece
0: of business advice you've ever received?
1: Um, one time when I was super like into a really like big stage of burnout, somebody said to me, Courtney, if you had a baby and your friend came to you and said, Hey, I need you to take care of my baby, but it would require you to neglect yours. Would you say yes? And I would, obviously I would not do that. Right. And they said, that's what you're doing. Like in this, in this phase of your business, when I was like in super burnout mode is like, you're neglecting yourself in order to take care of other people. I'm kind of like a, a yes person. <laughs> um, and I want to serve everyone and while that's a good thing, it's also going to lead you down a path of like burnout really, really quickly. And so that was for me, kind of, that was my light bulb moment. And like that kind of got me to stop going down that path of burnout.
0: I love how one piece of business advice can mean two different things to the people. You told me that, and I took it in a totally different way. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is genius, still genius. Um, but I was thinking like, we take care of service providers, other people's business, and that's mm-hmm. their baby, but we don't take care of our own business, which is our baby. Yep. And So it also, I love your meaning, but then I was like, Oh my gosh, how many times do we hear service providers say, I don't have yeah. time for my own business. Cause I'm in other people's business. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's exactly what was day. happening for me. I was an OBM at the time and I was like, since so many people taking care of their businesses, mine was completely neglected. And like, from that perspective, I mean, it works both ways. Like whether it's taking care of your business or taking care of yourself, it's just making sure that you're kind of, I don't know, for some reason when it was phrased to me in that way, it just really resonated with me. And I was like, I would never do that, but that was what I was doing. Um, So I think that's probably the biggest, the best piece of advice so far that I've got. I love that. So what does success mean to you? So honestly, I think this has changed over time because when I first got started in my business, You know, I, I had an idea of what success looked like and it's not what it is today. I think success for me today in this, in this space, you get caught up in like, Oh, they, they, you know, this person had a 50 K month and they did this and that, which is all great. Like power to you in that 50 K month. But For me, it's more about the lifestyle that I'm living and what I'm able to maintain at home. Um, Obviously, when I quit my nine to five, the big reason I quit was because I didn't feel like I was living a very fulfilled life. And I want success to look like whatever that needs to look like for me at the time, whether it's. Right now, I'm getting ready to go on maternity leave. So I'm sure in the next couple of months, it's going to be being able to spend time with my child when I need to be able to and step away. Um, There for a while, it was I want to be able to go travel when I want to travel. And so I think your definition of success can kind of change depending on the season of your life. Um, And I think that's something to kind of pay attention to because just because, you know, I, I there for a while thought that I was like, man, did I fail? Like, because I had said this, like, what success looked like for me at that time. And it doesn't feel the same to me anymore. It's not failing. It's my life evolving and me adapting to that evolution of my life and kind of pinpointing what success looks like to me now versus then. So... And I always say,
0: if success, the definition of success isn't changing for you, then you're not growing. And that can mean whatever way you want. It can be revenue growth. It can be personal growth. It can be spiritual growth. And that's what I love about this question is the definition of success is different for everyone. And the reason I started asking this was because I felt like too many people were defining success on other people's definition the 10 K months, the hundred K years, the million dollar year, when yeah. really success is going to look different for everyone at every single step of their life, their business, their spirituality, whatever it is for them. So I love that Absolutely. answer and it will 100% change once that little boy is born. I yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I'm just so excited for you, Courtney, and everything Thank that you, you have going on. One last question. It wasn't on the list. Yes. I sometimes ask what your favorite tool is in your business. I'm not going to ask that to you because I think we all could probably guess. But <laughs> what is the best business book you've read recently?
1: Oh, man. Um, I still really love Traction. Traction for me was one that I really liked just because, like I said, I'm not a big fluff person. And I felt like I walked away with a lot of tangibles that I could implement in my business from traction. Um, I also liked the vision driven leader by Michael Hyatt, because that gave me more tangibles to a topic that I felt was fluffy. Um, if that makes sense, like that was kind of something that was like, okay, this, this is your vision. This is why it's important, how it's actually impacting your business. And so that kind of gave me some of that more like hard hitting, facts as to why vision is important so that was another one just because it changed my perspective um so I think I really that's probably one of my favorites too traction is one of my favorite books
0: that I come back to all the
1: time yeah
0: And, like, you don't, I don't even want an integrator or anything like that. Like, people get stuck in this. If you want to integrate or read Traction, which isn't Mm -hmm. actually the right book to read, you want to read Rocket Fuel. But Mm -hmm. with Traction, like, we use so many elements in our business between the rocks. Like, we Mm -hmm. since we had quarterly rocks like business runs so much better. Absolutely. Our meetings, like it's so much tangible information. And then they give you all the documents and it's so nice. So directions is yep. definitely a book that I constantly come back to as yeah, well. Yeah.
1: I it's literally, I mean, somewhere in my collection of books behind me, um, I have that book. All, I like that I'm pulling out and going back and referencing it all the time.
0: I love it. Okay. Courtney, this was so amazing. Where can everyone connect with you and learn more about what you're doing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm pretty much frequently on Instagram the most lately. So um, at The Elevate Effect on Instagram. Um, our website is TheElevateEffect.com. And we have a free Facebook group if you guys are interested in joining that, which is also The Elevate Effect community. Super easy. It's all the same. <laughs> um, but please feel free to hop over to Instagram and shoot me a DM and ask any questions. I love obviously chatting about systems. So I'm always open um, to chat about that with you guys. So
0: I love it. Thank you so much, Courtney. Thank you. Y'all, Courtney brought it for us. I love how she said, systems, keep them simple. Y'all know I'm all about KISS. Keep it simple, sweetie. Also, she showed us how you can use dashboards and ClickUp for a one-stop place for all of your clients. I love that, where you'll have the chat, the office hours, rules, links, welcome video. How amazing is that? And that you can do all of this for $9 per month with a ClickUp business account. We also talked about why she stopped promoting Dubsado and started promoting HoneyBook, which I was like, wow, I didn't realize she did all that. How she has four revenue streams, which y'all know I'm a big fan of, and how just tracking your reoccurring task and identifying your departments is one of the best ways to get started using ClickUp. Y'all, so many nuggets were dropped. Courtney and I had such a fun time nerding out over systems. And if you got any value out of this podcast today, head over to her Instagram, send her a DM and let her know what you got out of it. We'll link up all Courtney's information in the show notes. So make sure to check those out. And if y'all want to know more about systems, head over to servescalesore.com forward slash free check out my free workshop where I go over systems for scalability. I go over how to market your services, how to elevate, how to package your pricing, and so much more in that free training on how to scale to consistent $10,000 month without a team. So head to servescalesore.com forward slash free. And until next week, y'all go out, serve your clients, scale your business, and soar into the six-figure year you deserve.